The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat. Where dating's hard. But dating when you're fat is even harder. So I think we're going to just dive right into this one, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think we need to give any updates on our life because this is just too good. This is a really good one. Yeah. So today we have on Kira Sabin, who's a positive psychology coach. She uses foundational knowledge and skills to help singles date. She has a daily podcast called Reinventing Dating, where she talks all about what's working in dating and what isn't because love isn't broken. Dating is. And she's plus size. And married. And married. (laughs) This conversation was just so like Alex and I were mouth agape the whole time. And we just hope you really enjoyed as much as we did. A lot of knowledge bombs. That's a top, yes. that's a term we come up with later in this episode. Yes. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Hi, Kira. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Of course. So um, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your background before we start to delve deep into uh, why we asked you here today? I mean, do we want to talk about my background as a coach? Do we want to talk about my background as a plus size woman? Do we want to talk yeah. about my background as a sweary sailor? I mean, what? <laughs> a, a bit of a combo of everything. I oh, think. Uh, yeah. I, I love a sweary sailor. So <laughs> I, I did work on cruise ships for five years. Did you? So, yeah. So that's so fun. So as a plus I, size person. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I am. I am. Let me tell you, it's really, really interesting in 2023 in social media. And it's so exciting that you guys have this kind of podcast. But being a little bit older, like still even embracing plus size in media is new for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and seeing and being a part of it, because I've been kind of on my own little escapade or adventure. I'm just like, not only self acceptance, but self like the thing that really came to me a couple years ago is I may not always love this body, but I'm not letting it hold me back from what I want to do. Right. For other people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't love it every second. I'm not like, you know, caressing my, my folds every, you know, every other day, but I am like, you know, if this, it, it keeps me moving, it keeps me breathing. It keeps my heart moving or breathing or beating or something. (laughs) And, uh, And so I will celebrate that and I won't let it hold me back from, I've done a ton of travel and singles travel. I've Mm -hmm. done, um, I worked on cruise ships for five years. I have lived in places by myself. I just refuse to let this be the only thing about me. Yeah. The only reason I asked about the cruise line is because one of my best friends worked for a cruise ship for a long time. Disney cruises and the living quarters are so insanely small. So I, I just want to be claustrophobic. You, sh- about- you basically go to the bathroom and shower at the same time. I mean, <laughs> you're not telling me anything. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, 
but Disney tends to be a little bit worse. Like okay. when when you when you like work in the industry, you know, we have like cruise lines like you'd be like, I would never work there just because mm. of, you know, they work their people hard. Yeah. Which is not what I'm trying to do with my life. So <laughs> Yeah. Right. Fair. <laughs> I'm Fair. trying to have adventures around my work. So, you know, yeah. yeah. But I it was that. a crazy experience because I you give a lot of people who are the same age in their 20s uh virtually free booze and then you work together and live together it is a disaster like the be- yeah. most beautiful mess you've ever seen in your and life and this is why I watch below deck yeah <laughs> yeah it's so funny I have no interest in watching them like I live yeah that well I, exactly I it would like probably give you PTSD it's you know <laughs> It, it like let me tell you the Titanic did. So, oh. <laughs> Man, I was I was like I don't think we're watching that again anytime soon. <laughs> okay, so now you're a positive psychology coach. Yeah, and now so I was a sailor. Um, I've been a plus size woman since my teens, and uh, 15 years ago. So when you guys were virtually embryos, right? Because you're you know so young and beautiful. But 15 years ago. <laughs> I, I basically, uh, you know, there's nothing sexy about it. I was like, I want to help people. I don't want to be a therapist because I want to tell people what to do. So that's, <laughs> or I want to be able to speak, speak openly. And I think that yeah. there's a, a space and a place for that. Um, and I thought about what do I want to talk about every single day? And I want to talk about love. Mm-hmm. And I mean, cause there's, it's so abstract to so many people, everybody wants it. Half of us don't know how the fuck to get it. I would say 80 or 90% of us don't even know how to get it. And I'm like, I will always have clients, right? Cause this is something that we struggle with and it's become my passion and obsession. Like I, I am here to fight for love. I'm not here to fight for on- online dating at all. But I'm here to fight for love every second. Yeah, I love that your website even says like, not a fan of online dating, <laughs> but I do believe in the one. <laughs> or I do. You don't. Sorry. You don't I don't believe, believe, in, believe the in the one. one. Right. I sorry. 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 That's it was okay. both. I liked that you had both there. But I like I like that because I do think it's like a it's a a lot about like finding someone that you can do life with. And that's not like, that can be many people. Right. But it's like someone that you have to commit to and they have to commit to you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like work that you have to do. So yeah, I think the one makes it seem like it's just like, once you meet them, everything like just falls into place. And that's not, that's not reality. I did a, I did a podcast not too long ago called why I think believing in soulmates makes us lazy and I don't necessarily even love the word lazy and there's a whole there's a whole like movement that laziness doesn't exist I don't completely disagree but what I do think is this idea that someone has chosen for us out there that it will be instant and magical yeah keeps us single keeps us with unrealistic expectations and just isn't true just isn't true. I wish it was. I, I don't even not believe in soulmates. I don't even, you know, I do think that people enter our lives. I just don't think it's necessarily your lifetime romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you better like the person that you're with. And we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. You know right. that. I, right. We're so concentrating on on love and sex and chemistry and sparks that we're not concentrating on just the is this a person I want to do this with? Right. For a long period of time as they change, as they evolve, as they become a different person. And so do you. Mm-hmm. 
And we don't, we've never learned how to do that. We never learned how to like really have relationships or, or even date for love. And we're all out there like the blind leading the blind. And now we've just given everybody like a little piece of technology that they can swipe on Mm -hmm. to choose, you know, to hopefully like shop for their soulmate. And I just don't believe love works like that. Yeah, I know. It feels like, I mean, I've been dating through all of the iterations of online dating and it just feels like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, And like at the beginning, it felt more maybe because I was young and stupid, but you know, like the, (laughs) it was like the, just, there were no apps, like, cause no one had cell phones like that. It was, you know, blackberry era and um you did everything online so people were writing each other letters like for i would get like nikki would die she would hate it so much it was like three paragraph letters you know of like things about them and then you would go on a date (laughs) but it was like you a little bit more like this like love is blind phenomena right because it's like you're getting to know someone a lot before you meet them but almost too much because you're not meeting in person so I think that there's like bad and good of that because like now you have online dating where through apps you're meeting really fast and you might not like each other and that's good and you move through it really fast but man I don't know like what's oh my god oh guess what i do let's talk about it okay yeah so uh so number one i just want you guys to know if you haven't looked do you guys know what the um success rate is across the board for for apps for online dating oh get nervous hasn't it gone up recently though like isn't it like 70 percent that seems high you guys are gonna you're insane what is it like 30 percent? i thought 30 or 70 do you guys want to make a good guess or you want me just to tell you tell us 12 percent. 12 but so many people we know are in relationships or got married from the apps how many really i know now i'm like gonna try to think of how many people in my life and that's the thing that drives me crazy is that the number one industry that's also a billion dollar industry is the one telling you that this is the way to meet meet your soulmate or the one and don't get me started uh 12% <laughs> success rate so i like say to my people like you want an online date okay online online date 12% of the time cuz that's mm. a freaking success rate right like okay. that, that's how much time you should be putting into it right but if that's what you're putting 100% of your time into that doesn't make sense because it's now been around for a while. It's not like it came out last year. 12% success rate over the last 15, mm. 20 years. Like right. it's showing us not only that it's not really that successful, it's also showing us. Um, I have a lot of clients coming to me who are kind of coming, I'll, I'll use the expression like beaten and battered, like have horrible people say horrible things to them, send them pictures that they do not want, you know, just kind of terrible things to the point of where they're starting to question if love is out there for them, Mm -hmm. if dating is even worth it anymore. So if we're starting to cancel love because of a fucking dating app, I'm out. It's not working. We get so many comments of people saying that they're, they stopped dating because of the apps. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, guys, what we do see coming out for statistics and research is how many 20-somethings have stopped dating, period. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because of this, because they believe that dating and love goes along with technology. And technology, 
creates a false intimacy. So like what you were discussing where you're like maybe talking for yeah. for weeks on end and then you finally meet and you realize in a couple seconds, like, oh, I have no interest in this person, but I have just invested a ton of time and energy and feelings and emotions and into a person that I had never even met. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you I have the instant solution here, but I am going to tell you that I don't think online dating is working for us anymore and we need to get critical of it. Because it's the only thing out there that is also charging us. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, of course, they're talking yes. about how great it is. Because once again, it's a five plus billion dollar industry. And I'm sorry, I can probably go on and on. But the, and the other thing is, is how many people, I think $1.3 billion have been lost to online dating scams in the last five years. You guys, $1.3 billion. Like people giving their money to people who yes. are asking for it. Yes. Hmm. And not only that, because it gets, I, I love when I share this with my people and we all get a little like, who would do that? Like eye roll. But things like you start talking to somebody and you believe them to be true and interested and, and whatever. And they ask for a picture of your breasts or whatever. And then a day later, they say, I now have a picture. I will put it everywhere and make mm. your life a hell if you don't pay me $5,000. Right. We don't talk about like, it's not just like grannies, you know, thinking that they're, you know, their boyfriend in another country. You know, this is regular people on a daily basis who truly don't know how to connect. And so here we yeah. are. But I mean, it's not like a, a kind of problem. Because you, we all know that not everybody's actually reporting. Like most people are probably too embarrassed to report that. So I I just think that we have to start getting critical about something that's making a ton of money off of us, as well as, last thing I'll say about it, uh, they, almost all apps don't scan for sex offenders. I don't that's think that- I have actually never thought about yeah. that. How have I never thought about that? So Match.com, who owns Tinder, who owns Plenty of Fish- Mm -hmm. uh, obviously match.com and uh i think is it chemistry i don't know but they anyway harmony too don't they they own like everything at yeah. this point except for maybe bumble, maybe bumble Hinge, yeah right mm -hmm. but but uh they don't scan for sex offenders especially if you are on a free app like you are definitely they are not and there are pe women particularly who are suing these companies because they want to date with somebody who is 100% a registered sex offender and, and raped them on the first date. Yeah. Like it's, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back because I think we've created a norm around a culture that's really unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with it being unhealthy in, in terms of like connection because it feels very surface level, like has nothing to do with who you really are. It has nothing um, to do with love. Right. No. Like to me, dating is this like inconvenient, broken thing that we've we've had or have to get us to love. And if it's if it's stopping us, if it's making a second second guess, if it makes us feel bad, if it if it hurt, you know, if it feels worse than better at the end of the day, like then I have a problem with it. And I, I definitely have a problem with anything that's doing that. And I think that people are burned out and I don't think they're burned out on love. I think they're burned out on online dating. Because mm -hmm. like it's that, exhausting. It, it is very exhausting. Like I go on it now. I was a, a huge, uh, like I hated 
when she would take breaks, I'd be like, don't take a break because you take a break. You don't want to get back on. Well, I've pretty much been on a break for almost a year now. <laughs> um, and now I understand it <laughs> because I'm on there and like, I'm just like, it's exhausting just to even open an app. Hasn't been a year. I had a breakdown when I deleted all my apps and did a detox back in August. So I guess it's not even close to a year, but that's a whole thing. <laughs> And I mean, and how kind of addicted are we that we think that if we step away from this, there's a whole scarcity behind it, right? There's a whole like, what if yeah. my soulmate is on here right now? And if I go off for six months, they'll miss me. But that's the crap that we believe that's not true. My detox really worked. That's like literally what her brain said to her. Yeah. Like the minute the we had a dating coach on and they were talking about they were like maybe you're addicted and so she was like I'll do it right now and then yeah freaked I out like, because she was like what attack. if this is the person that I'm supposed to meet because she was talking to someone and had deleted the app part anyway I'm sure most of the people on the podcast have listened to the episode <laughs> at this point but yeah that was that's crazy exactly what happened yeah my detox actually really worked because now I don't feel an urge to be on it now I understand your breaks oh my gosh yeah. full circle but I, I mean, even I, I feel guilty about taking breaks because that's mm -hmm. the culture that we've been like put in. It's like, I feel guilty. Like I am missing something or I could be doing more because if I'm not on them all the time, then I'm not trying hard enough. I don't want it hard enough. You know, like I, people, I feel like people say that to us, especially single people who kind of like, you know, make you feel like you could be doing more, but it's and like, but maybe Can we I need say to something? Be, yes, but maybe we need yeah. to be doing more that's like not on an app. <laughs> yes. And I was going to say that like the instant it doesn't feel good, the instant it feels exhausting, the instant we feel like we have to do it, those decisions are all coming from fear. Mm. And when we start something in fear, you really have a hard time turning it into love. If you're both just there because you're lonely and it's easy or whatever, that's not going to turn into love, right? Like you want to date with intention. You want to yeah. date with like an actual knowledge of how you work and how to choose something that's a good match for you. And the other thing about online dating and just dating in general of what online dating has portrayed for us is something called the paradox of choice. And what that means is it's given us so many choices now, we are in some kind of like a, a paralysis, Right. Because either two things happen. A, we think we have so many options that we never really commit. We never really try with someone. So either that happens or um, we get so overwhelmed by the choices that we just stop making choices, period. Right. right. And, and I mean, it's just it's not helpful for us to have that many. And they've just proven that the more and more choices that we have, the less and less confident we are about the choices that we make. Mm. So it also is just, you're not supposed to have millions of people to choose from, right? You're supposed to have somebody that you like and they like you and you guys work together towards a great relationship. Yeah, that's fair. When people come to you and they're like, okay, so what should I do if I don't have an app? Because like we're, especially people in their twenties who've grown up with just that. I mean, I'm going to say what nobody wants to hear. Yeah. You're going to have to leave your house. <laughs> You're going to have to probably talk to people because that's where love is, right? Love is outside. Love is in real life. Love is in. We can't actually connect 
online it feels like we can but that once again is like a fake intimacy mm -hmm. we have to spend time with people and then beyond spending time with people that's where the information is right that's where like we observe somebody's behavior not just what they tell us and it's not because so 95 percent of people think that they're self-aware about 10 to 15 actually are so when i say to people like you know go on the go on a date or two but have like as an assessment, ha ask questions that you want to hear because, or you want the answers to, because ultimately people are not necessarily lying. I don't think that people are bad people and trying to, but a lot of people aren't that self-aware. Yeah. So we need to also be watching their behavior, their actions. I'm a huge fan of activity dates because you're going to learn more about a person doing something than them telling you about who they are, mm -hmm. right? Because most people don't really fully tell you who they are until about the third month or so. And so the, it just, it helps. It's not, you know, we have to get out of our heads. How many times, I, I feel like the other thing that technology has done is we have these relationships in our heads, right? Mm -hmm. Like the stories or the conversations we want to have or should have, or we're talking to our friends about it and we're not actually spending time with the real person. Mm -hmm. Finding out who they are, finding out if there's actually something there, if there's a connection. It's, I do that all the time where I have the conversation in my head with the other person before I even have it because mm -hmm. I want to think through all the outcomes that I could have, right? So that I'm not like disappointed. Yeah, right. Um, so that doesn't sound like fear at all. Wow. No, definitely okay. not. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's, sounds awesome. Mm. Oh. I know I have a lot of fun yeah there's the you know you always think about the possibilities the what if it could have been so that's what makes it all so hard but you know what and it's not even the what if it could have been you there are people who are showing up and wanting to check this out with you or they don't yeah. mm -hmm. it's I mean we make this a lot harder a lot harder than we have to I think on some level with gender roles not only changing but somewhat dissolving we are going to have to get ask better questions. We're going to have to get more clear on what we're looking for because the things that we used to assume, assume can't be assumed anymore. And, you know, and, and then more than ever, we're scared to tell them what we want, what to think, you know, so that if you do identify as hetero and you go out with a guy, there's a good chance that that guy's like, do I open the door or not? Because some women like that, some women don't. Do I pay, offer to pay or not? You know, you, the thing is, is that we've made it unclear and the unclear, the, the lack of clarity is, is kicking our asses. I'd say yeah. it's also the same way watching TikTok. They're, everything is conflicting. Yeah. I mean, we're conflicting half the time. I know. I feel like I am not conflicting about anything at this point. Oh, well, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> well, I'm also married at this point, right? Yeah. And this is what I do for a living. I teach yeah. about this. So, I mean, I definitely have strong opinions, but most of them are backed up with like science and psychology and research and positive psychology because. Um, we go out just riding out on our feelings. And let me tell you, our feelings are liars. So we have to get a little smarter about this. If we're picking a life partner, you have to put more thought into it besides, you know, do I want, you know, does my magic vagina want that? You know, like besides that, we have to be a little bit more thoughtful and we don't. We pick people who are going to be our co-parents with mm. very little, without even having conversations about how they parent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like... I'm like trying to, there's a reason why 
my program and my podcast is called Reinventing Dating because I did a ton of research on dating and it's never worked. It's actually never worked. It's only about a hundred years old. Right. It's it's never worked for for anybody in the past. And and so we're just gonna have to get a ton smarter about it if we actually want the relationships that we say that we want. I feel Agreed. like we're about to do a lot of work. <laughs> And that was that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry for joining us. <laughs> Have I talked about anything yet besides like no? <laughs> Before we jump into that, can I ask a question just about online dating? And as shitty yeah. as it can be for plus size women, there is something to be said that plus now that there is online dating, plus size women are having more success on online dating than dating in real life. Is that like? Is that are there facts to that or is that just our own narrative we're creating? My guess is that's our own narrative that we're creating. And I will actually, to tie it into the conversation of the day, <laughs> say that that's a bias, uh, okay. a cognitive bias, right? And it's actually what's called confirmation bias, which is my favorite. You know, you know you're cool when you have a favorite cognitive bias, yeah, right? how lucky are you I guys didn't even know on? there were multiple until I you know. sent us there's the like, email I know there's like 50 of them there's like 50 of them they're also called thinking traps that's kind of like a a different that's a little bit different but confirmation bias is my favorite because and I think it really really hits plus size women because we seek out information that we believe is true and ignore anything that goes against what we believe Right. So even though there might be information there that's that's, you know, like this is also true or this is different. We ignore that. We're like, nope, that doesn't you know, I'm going to go over here and only pay attention to what I already believe to just confirm it again and again and again. You right? mean like ignoring red flags or something like that. OK. Yes. And no. So like okay. I'll give you an example. So I uh, so like I had a client uh, in the past who was also plus size. And she came on a retreat with me and she and I, we had some calls uh, beforehand and she would consistently send me articles about anything that said plus size people have a harder time dating. So she was looking for the research, okay. looking for the science, looking for it. And she's like, but Kira, what about this one? And I'm just okay. kind of like, you and I both know. Every day, everywhere, there are people who are all sizes, dating, starting relationships. This this happens around the world. Our country alone, what is it now? 50%, 60% is plus size. So like, mm -hmm. that's like the majority of pe people in our country. And so anyway, we went on, uh, she came to Greece with me. I went to, took a group to Santa Rita, Greece a couple years ago. Uh, and she was like, I'm mad at you. And I'm like, well, for what reason? Because, you know, my clients sometimes get mad at me. I gave uh, you so many reasons. <laughs> right. And I just, and she just said, because seeing you with Danny has had to make me like face all of the things I tell myself of why I'm single. Mm. Because I think one of the things that we love to fall back on as plus size women is they didn't like me because they weren't attracted to me. Yep. Right. Yeah. Not. I don't like myself. And so I'm teaching other people not to like me too. Not, you know, that my self-worth is in the toilet. Not, you know, I 
walk in waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Not all of these things, not my anxious attachment style, not any of the, that stuff. It's our go-to. Well, clearly they don't like me because they don't find me attractive. And that my friend is a hinder, hinder is my friends as a hindrance because it makes us never look at what else we're doing. It makes yeah. us never, ever question, gosh, what am I putting out there? What am I teaching people about who I am and and how I work and, and how I love? You know, and it 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 takes it away from us from it takes away growth from us because that's our go to because mm -hmm. that's what we've been told is the you know and it's it's just so not true and so I have the best fucking husband that ever existed in this world. We met in my hometown accidentally at a bowling alley where I drank sambuca all night and uh, <laughs> that's and a choice, Kira. <laughs> it's a bold choice, is what it was. Sambuca in a bowling alley. <laughs> in a, wait, wait, in a bowling alley in a town of 5,000, right? Yeah. I can't even believe they had Sambuca. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, go Wisconsin. But, uh, and we made out by the dumpster at the end of the night. So it was super romantic and sexy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but no, he's like the most incredible person that, uh, that, not only that I've ever, I don't want to even say that I've ever met, but just that we choose each other every day. Yeah. The other, the other, I did a, an, an event a couple of weeks ago and I said, I would love to replace the wor three words. I love you with, I choose you. Mm. Cause you can, anybody can say, but I love you. Yeah. And that's way different than I choose you. I choose to be here. I choose to show up even when the days are tough. I choose to like you even when you're not very like, you know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of give and take in a relationship. And he helped me 100% see that, see that I was likable as is, but I also had to believe that beforehand because yeah. there was a lot of my, a lot of my years of my life that I was the best friend that I, you know, just had crushes on all my guy friends. I, um, would never let anybody know I liked them because I was so embarrassed. And it took my own, sometimes people say to me, like, was, did Danny change that for you? And I'm like, no, I changed that for me. So that when I met him, I was ready to actually be with someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually ready to teach him that I, you know, the first thing he'll say about like, you know, when somebody said, what was the first thing you noticed about Kira wasn't my butt. You know, I am a plus size woman without boobs. We never talk about that, right? Like I have a, <laughs> a B cup, right? I was not uh, blessed with anything for big boobs. And he just is like your confidence. Your mm -hmm. confidence was like through the roof. And I was like, I just want to be around this woman. Yeah. Confidence attracts people. It's the, you know what? And it's just, it, it, it's not even confidence. It's just self-worth. It's just liking yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. self-acceptance. Right. Because when I when I like myself enough to go, this is OK and this isn't OK to be able to set boundaries, to be able to, you know, share my vulnerabilities and my stories like I'm teaching them my worth. And I think that as plus size women, when we've had a society tell us for years and years and years that who we are is not acceptable or OK, we've just start taking that on and we go into every dating situation with I just hope they like me. And we let people choose us and we when we haven't even chosen ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
And the people who sometimes choose us when we don't like ourselves, those are usually not great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely been there. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we all have. <laughs> yeah. I went through like a real bad phase of picking people, but I was like, I had just lost my job. Like, and I lost like all of my, like my, all my self-worth was tied up in like my job, my career. And so like when that happened, I was like, who am I? And then of course I met like tons of men and they crawled mm-hmm. out of the woodwork. Um, and that was bad <laughs> because I didn't know who I was, you know, like without that one thing that made me mm-hmm. feel like confident. So crazy. And, I was, and I'm going to say that if it, if it creates worth in you, that's actually confidence. It's not self-worth because oh. self-worth comes 100% from us. It doesn't come from external things. Okay. And a lot well, of people don't know that. Yeah. I like Look at that. us learning all the things. I'm sorry. I'm like just no this little like little nuggets bo- bomb of, of, bomb. of a lot of information. Yeah. She's so, knowledge bombing us. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> knowledge. That that should be the name of my new podcast. Knowledge bomb. Actually, mind yeah. blown. You know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, I met my I met my husband at 41. So not even anywhere near young. I dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I but it's we have the most incredible relationship, and I just want everyone to know that they get to be loved. And we just have to make sure we get out of our own way. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're doing things by the way, what we think about ourselves, our self-worth, you know, the way that we act towards people. We, we, there's a part of us, a lot of us that really wants to earn love. And Mm -hmm. that's not the way that love works. Right. I think that's fair. So I know we like lightly touched upon what we were going to talk about today but (laughs) the reason that we wanted Kira to come on was to talk about unconscious bias beliefs in dating because I listened to a podcast that she on her podcast I listened to an episode of her podcast um, where she talked about unconscious beliefs when we make assumptions about people like profiles obviously but just in general like we say you meet someone or you're about to go on a date with someone you how you make up stories about who they are before you get there and sort of like you either show up like over eager um and try to impress really hard try to make someone love you like you're saying or you're kind of like impress me like what are you bringing to the table um and I think I've definitely shown up on dates both ways you know where I was like maybe I thought I was better than someone or I thought they were better than me and I felt like I had to prove myself um so I mean, I just thought you had a lot of knowledge bombs about <laughs> um, how to like work on those things before you show up to dates, whether no matter how you meet someone, how do you show up without doing something like that and sort of self-sabotage yourself? And it is a sabotage, right? When we made up stories about somebody better or worse that we don't know our truths, like we are sabotaging that because- we are missing the information that we actually need to decide if this is somebody. But I think you said something really, really important that I love to talk about lately because I don't think we talk about it enough, which is we are a society that goes on dates almost to win people over versus connect. Mm. Like we've kind of forgotten that dates are not about 
like an interview, we're putting our best foot forward or like showing off who we are with jazz hands and spirit fingers. You know, they are actually about getting to know somebody and seeing if there's a connection there, seeing once again, if you want to build something with that person, seeing if they're available enough emotionally and physically to be able to build that with you. Mm -hmm. But it's, but we, uh, but us showing up and kind of putting that smile on our face or only telling certain stories is just another level of emotional unavailability. It's just another, and it's a slight manipulation when we're not trying to connect, when we're trying to win something, somebody over, and then what happens when we're, you know, we are slowly trying to eke the not as great information, right? <laughs> like, or the things that maybe we have some shame around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way we start a relationship. It doesn't change unless we change it. And so many times we've been told, don't show who you really are. Don't be yourself. And I'm not saying that that person deserves your life story on a first date. That's a lack of boundaries. That's not what I'm saying. People should show us that they deserve our time and our energy and our presence. But it's amazing to me and how little we now go on dates to connect. It seems to be like, what can you do for me? Or this is what I'm going to do for you. It's become very transactional. And once again, that's not what love is. Social currency. Yep. Absolutely. And I mean, think about, I mean, I just think about it all the time that like, and it's a manipulation, unfortunately, I know we're not trying to, Mm -hmm. but not showing up as our actual self showing up as some like better version of ourselves. When when I hear women say, I think men should pay for dates because I just bought this $80 dress and got my hair done. And I'm like, what are you doing that for on a first date? You don't know who this person is. They could literally be your serial killer. They could literally, and you just spent like $200 on a serial killer. Don't do that shit. Be you. And the other thing is, is that when we show up like that, we instantly put ourselves in something called a power struggle. Mm-hmm. And that power struggle, if one person thinks they're better than the other or vice versa, once you start, it's that's also very hard to get out of. If one person thinks that they're better, right? And sometimes that's why we pick people who need to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that way it's why we pick people who are not in a great place because we think, well, if I'm a little bit more farther along than they are or have my life a little bit more together, then they'll look up to me and then they'll have to love me or maybe they'll idolize me. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, once again, instant power struggle, because that's not how love works. If you want to be looked up to, if you want to be idolized, that has nothing to do with love. That has to do with attra- like attraction. That has to do with attention. But that has to do with attachment. But it has nothing to do with love because love is an emotion and it always feels good. All the rest of it is just the complications of dating and relationships. Mm. But I'm trying to get people to love on a daily basis. Yeah. You're like thinking, you're like, no, I am. I'm thinking so hard. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to think this hard, actually. I'm so tonight. sorry, lady. Um, no, but I, I'm happy about it because I'm like thinking of like how I like, I want to be cool when I show up. Like I'm thinking of all the things that I do that like are clearly wrong like you know or I know that I know they're wrong but like that they put up my shield right and I don't even want to say it's wrong I just want to say it's not getting you to what you want Mm -hmm. which is once against love right like I tell everybody to stop worrying about dating and think about like how do you want to build your community number one way people still meet each other through friends number one way right so not 12 the 12 percent of dating apps but they still meet during like through friends so create a better community, like meet more people. 
there's a lot of ways to get in front of other people and and build relationships right and we've now for some reason think there's only one way yeah but that way isn't help once again isn't helping mm -hmm. so I think it's important for us to go not you know for dating like is this going to get me a feeling instead is this going to build a relationship where love can show up every freaking day yeah how how do you feel like people can try to show up more as themselves like do you have any like tips of how to do that because I feel I mean, like that's the hardest part, right? Like, it's like, I intentionally want to do that. But then like, sometimes you slip back into those habits. Like, how do you like purposefully go into a date and try to be your best self or your most self? Absolutely. And I think it comes down to a couple of things. A, it's your self-worth, how you feel about yourself. Because when you like yourself, you're putting your actual self out there, not a version of yourself. So self-worth work, right? The second thing is self-awareness. When you don't know what you're looking for, when you don't know what you need, when you are not sure who's a good match for you, then it's hard to be yourself because you're kind of constantly in like almost like catch up mode or, you know, in your head, like overthinking, like, what should I say next? Or, or what did that mean? You know, like when you know what the heck you actually want and need, it's a lot easier to go, okay, I saw this, this, and this, you know? It's a lot easier to walk away. It's a lot easier to spot what you need. It's a lot easier to say thanks or no thanks. But the problem is, is once again, most of us haven't really done a ton of self-work around who we are as singles. Mm -hmm. So so we just hope that somebody else will help us figure out who we are. But man, you don't want to put your self-awareness in somebody else's hands. Right. You know, the A, that's not their job. And B, that's giving away a lot of power. Mm -hmm which is not helpful in the long run. Yeah. And how do you feel like you find, because I think a lot of people think that, like you I think you even said this earlier, think they're self-aware. <laughs> um, like, how do you, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how to phrase this question, but it's like, how do you figure out if you're not? You yeah. A, you work with me, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> besides, besides that, I mean, there's some just small things you can even start doing. Write down what the, like, when you felt loved in your life, mm. right? Think about, like, friendships, relationships. When you felt loved, what was the situation? How did they treat you? What felt good? What didn't feel good? Right? I think that's number one. I think I have a really, I'm really hardcore about we should all know why our past relationships didn't work out. If you're mm -hmm. on a date with somebody and you say, what, what was your role in your last relationship working or not working? And they can't tell you. I mean, I tell them, I tell my, my people like that person has not really done enough thinking about who they are and what they want in their past relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just like some basic self-awareness. We're all grown ass adults now, mm -hmm. right? If you can't say I wasn't very present or I wasn't as emotionally available as I should have been, or I didn't really speak up for the things I need. If you can't say what you, your role is, my thought is you are going, those people are going to be dating the exact same people over and over and right. over mm -hmm. until they figure it out. And you just don't want to be one other one of those people. Yeah. I, I know the I'm same a lot person of over and over again in different so, bodies. That's right. So then you I've, need to go, what's going on? Yes. That's why I haven't dated or I haven't been in a relationship in almost a year and a half. 
Absolutely. So, so that's a great, like when we're doing self-awareness, when did I feel love? Mm-hmm. You know, what were those things that happened that made me feel love? Right. And that's even, that's even a little bit of love language work, which I think is uh, two steps above a Cosmo quiz, maybe. <laughs> right. Like love a Cosmo quiz. <laughs> so, but it's not really like deep science. Yeah. No, psychology, no. Right. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and, and knowing your role of what's working or what's not working, you know, even sitting down with your friends and asking them hard questions, like, do you see me do things that sabotage myself? I think as women, one of the things that we're not doing, we're all about, yay, female empowerment. Mm-hmm. But I don't think female empowerment is saying to your friend, you're too good for, um, you know, their loss. Your, your mm-hmm. female empowerment to our friends is, wow, that sucks. What did you learn from it? What would you yeah. do differently next time? What kind of quality showed up later that you didn't like that you can watch for? We are not having critical conversations around friendships and relationships. And then we wonder why they are not easy and suck all the time. Yeah. I will say, um, you know, starting a podcast about your dating life really does help. Um, because mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> I think, well, like for the my last example, because Nikki and I talked through why I didn't like the last guy, like. Um, I forget what guac guy. I don't know what we called him. I don't. Um, because does he like guac or not like guac? They made guac. We made guac guac. together. Okay, I'm a big guac fan. So who isn't? (laughs) People Um, supposedly. I don't. That's silly. We don't trust them. Right. Um, that like in the end, I just felt like the energy, our energies weren't aligning. Right. Like he gave, he brought me down when I felt like I should be getting more energy from him right like when I left his presence I wasn't like yay excited yeah right I was like oh interesting yeah what are your thoughts on this I'm like I'm like (laughs) I don't have thoughts I have questions that's kind of like the person and the coach in me right so that so the thing is is first of all do you know what it feels like to be on a healthy date with somebody and what that energy would be like. Yeah. So that's like, so first of all, some people don't actually know that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who don't have a ton of background with dating or relationships and may not even know what healthy love and relationships feel like. Because if you've kind of bought into either like love bombing or trauma bonding or kind of things that feel very exciting or very mm-hmm. high emotion and intensity, like you start to think that's what love is and and no. what and love is consistent love is slightly boring people don't love to, to hear that yeah i wouldn't say it was boring it was like almost like the energy like lower than that you know okay so <laughs> they were question. doing a playful activity and they weren't laughing and having fun that's yeah. what she like that's okay. where what she should have said inside of the inner <laughs> they weren't having fun she didn't have a good time <laughs> And you know what? And here's the deal. If you're not having fun with somebody earlier on, that mm-hmm. does say a lot because that's the lightest and probably easiest. I time, know. Right. I will say just as a different thought, my husband and I have a ton more fun now, though, because there's a safety in our relationship that mm-hmm. allows us to be joyful and vulnerable and silly in a way that we couldn't be in the first year of our relationship. And I don't think we talk about that enough that like yeah. some of that grows and we kind of want to be, I hear a lot of women, like I like funny guys. Like we want to be entertained versus laughing with somebody and, and, you know, and enjoying our time with somebody. No, nobody's yeah. here to like be your comedian, right? I think like that's completely fair. 
And so, uh, so like, that's a question, like what energy do you feel like you want to feel? I'm guessing that also wasn't just a date where that energy was feeling like that. I'm guessing it kind of regularly felt like that. Also, what do you, yeah. where are you, how do you feel about his self-worth? His self-worth? Yeah. Yeah. I think his self-worth was good. I think he didn't know what he wanted a hundred percent. Um, and in the end, um, because he was like consistently not giving me what he was saying that he wanted, like he wasn't doing the things that he's to build something that he thought he wanted. You know, if you want to build a relationship, I think you need to be a little bit more consistent and he wasn't doing those things. So do you think that he was emotionally available? Uh, probably not. Should we come on and talk about emotional availability the next time I come on here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, <laughs> I, I have a whole thing and it's really good. Yeah. So yeah, because I think that we are not aware sometimes what that actually means, but part of emotional availability is, you know, what you're looking for. And mm-hmm. not only, you know, what you're looking for, you, your actions match that. Mm-hmm. Right? So not just like, yes, I'm looking for a relationship, right? I'm not doing anything that's getting me that relationship yep. or building connection with you. Yep. But yes, I want a relationship. Like that's emotionally, that's like a lack of integrity because they're saying they want one thing and then they're doing another. Doing another, yeah. Was, well, yeah, exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And that's shit you want to watch like right away mm-hmm. because there are people who are sometimes three, six, a year in and still dating somebody who isn't sure what they want. I mean, the least we can do over the age of 25 is go, this is the type of relationship I'm looking for. That's the bare fucking minimum. If you go on a date with somebody and they're like, I don't know what I want, like, fuck off. I'm sorry. It's like literally every person on a dating app. Yeah. So fuck <laughs> off, right? That's not where we want to be. And it's made dating kind of this, like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's almost Why would cool you want to say, date? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when we first started this, it was kind of like, it's a, like, we definitely were like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's fine because that's cool. That's fine. That's like casual and cool and fun, you know, like, and we were like, we should be like casual, cool and fun. Breezy. But I know easy breezy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not dating with intention. No. <laughs> and if you are looking for something casual, fine. But we weren't. And we were just like saying we were because we want to be cool girls. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not cool because no. you're like <laughs> basically throwing yourselves under the bus every single time and wondering what the fuck just happened. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's and, and to me, I I am 100 percent cool with whatever people want for relationships. If you want to be casual. Great. If you want to be sexual. Great. But know what the fuck you want and be willing and able to communicate that clearly to another person if both people are on the same page great i don't think that everybody has to be looking for a long-term monogamous relationship all the time but i think that people don't know and they leave a lot of people in their wake because of it yeah and that's and that's jerky i'm sorry like not knowing kind of basically what you're what kind of relationship you want once again these are some of the bare minimums like we're all we're all you know we luckily aren't dying of the croup anymore. Nobody's had to like give you a donkey for, you know, my parents didn't have to give Danny a donkey for taking me on, you know, like yeah. we're in a different yeah. place. We need to start acting like we're trying to have relationships in 2023. And I think there is something about as women has become more independent and didn't need relationships that we're a little bit like, 
prove it, you know, mm -hmm. show me what you got. Show me that you're worth my time. But mm -hmm. once again, that's all fear-based and it's not creating a relationship you're actually going to want. Right. When we hold everybody up, you know, at a distance, like we're teaching people that's who we are. And once again, none of that's going to create connection, which gets us to love. And yeah. Same. So less of like showing up, like impress me and more about showing up and being like, this is what I want. And if you don't hit those things, then... It just isn't a connection. Yeah. I mean, I keep, <laughs> how much time do we spend just like trying not to ask them what they're looking for when it should just be? That's the only thing I think online dating is good for. The only thing. I created something called eight questions that nobody uses and that's fine. But <laughs> I'm like, but that's the only thing I think it's for is like being able to find out a couple of things. Like, are you looking for the same things, right? Like, are you looking to, for a family? Are you looking for, are you a religious person? Are you, you know, I think there's a couple of questions that you can kind of filter through on, on dating apps that we don't, mm -hmm. but I'm just, you know, I'm just the people that I coach in which are women and men. I I'm just kind of like, there's just some basics that, you know, if you're an adult dating out there, that you need to know and and one of them is what kind of relationship you want and the next is on some level you know your part in your past relationships these are these these are the bare minimum because relationships are hard and complicated and we're all weird and quirky and you know but if you don't even know how you work how do you expect somebody else to know what everything you're saying sounds so matter of fact, but it also sounds insanely vulnerable to me. Or like, that's my issue is it feels very vulnerable to put myself out there to say exactly what I want to be my most honest and truest self with somebody like, and I know I don't have to like spill my guts and things, mm -hmm, but there's absolutely. something very vulnerable about it. And like having to take that wall down, it's like, you're, I'm more susceptible to be hurt. And that's a little bit of where our self-worth work yeah. is right is like liking ourselves enough and knowing ourselves enough because self self-worth is a, like has three components so it's self-awareness right so you got to know how what you're like self-acceptance liking the stuff or accepting the stuff right and then self-compassion which is being kind to ourselves even when we do mess up even when life is hard and you know that is the self-worth work of this is who I am this is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm, pre you know, showing you or telling you about myself and that person can walk away. But man, how much easier is dating if we can have some of these very basic conversations right away? Like, yeah. like nobody should be three months into a relationship and not sure if the person they're dating wants a family when they know that they do. Mm -hmm. Like that's right. Like, you know, that kind of stuff to me is a waste of our time. I'm not really into you know, I don't believe that dating is ever a waste of our time. I think everybody deserves, you know, everybody has a story to share and that we can learn. But at the end of the day, like spending time with somebody who doesn't know what they're looking for, isn't, you know, really sure that is a waste of our time. And, and I, I, I want to be in a, in a place, Nikki, where as a culture, we're not, we don't have shame or vulnerability about saying, this is what I'm looking for. And what I feel like, I want, mm -hmm. you know, like that should be kind of the minimum. I mean, I understand us sharing, you know, some scarier things a little bit later on, mm -hmm. but that's to me, why we don't like dating is because it's vulnerable. But well, I will, will say at this point, I am those things hundred percent. It's just like the, 
the full personality. I'm not always like willing to share like the job or like, I just feel like people have this version of me, like when they see me. So I have to like keep up with that. And then, but then later down the line, they see it. Like you were saying about like being funny. I remember one of my exes, my most long-term about like six months in, he randomly goes, you're really funny. I was like, are you just knowing this? But he like, he just like, I guess I was just comfortable enough at that point to be like silly and goofy with him. So it takes me a long time to be comfortable with somebody. So I'm like, why do they deserve that part of me until I feel comfortable? So that's, I guess it is a self-worth thing. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that life gets a lot more fun and a lot easier when we move from the space of this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's going to be people who like that. And there's going to be people who don't like it. But I mean, I, that's the space that, you know, now that I'm in my late forties holding on really hard that, that I am really proud that I've gotten to because life is hard enough to also just think that there's something wrong with us all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I don't need to be confident all the time. I'm just not into impressing people. I'm into just being me and it, it luckily has turned out to work a lot better because it's a lot less exhausting mm. than having to be on all the time. Right. And, and I will say, right. Like if you want to make sure that you have good birth control, the best birth control is becoming like a dating coach or hosting a dating podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, I used to make that joke, but I mean, that was also showing the emotional availability of, of Danny, my husband is that when he found out what I did, which is the first night, right? There was no like question about it because we met through a mutual friend, mm-hmm. not a setup at all. Our friend was just literally trying to kill two birds with one stone. So he was like, mm-hmm. um, we're all going to go bowling. And I was like, I'm not going bowling. He's like, well, we're meeting at the bowling alley. So you can decide there. That's when the Sambuca started. But <laughs> but yeah, he was like, I did not think this was going to happen. And I'm like, I, well, I wasn't you know, there to like meet your friend either. I was actually there to to meet his new girlfriend. But Danny, but Danny was there. But he said to me once we started dating, like, if anything that happens between us would make a good podcast or blog post, like, go ahead and use it. Mm-hmm. And that that's shows the dream. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, and I mean, but that's also finding somebody who likes themselves enough mm-hmm. to not be afraid to be judged or not to, you know. But I'm also very kind. I'm not going to like, yeah. you know, shove all of you know any you know his personal stuff all over all over my podcast because I would just never just disrespect our relationship in that way right mm-hmm. that's great <laughs> you're like that's great no I like I will I mean obviously like Nikki and I want Danny's so that's yeah you know like the so but very hard to date with our podcast yeah it is yeah. <laughs> but I I would say that the one thing because everybody always says to me like does Danny have a brother and I'm like he does a he's adopted and his brother is gay but and also <laughs> married. However, I do want to just throw out the idea that like, instead of finding Danny's, you know, how do you create a Danny? Right? How do you create a connection with somebody else? So deep, so vulnerable, that there's just so much love. And that's who we are, right? It's not, we've now like, he actually never traveled out of the US when we when we met, I was like a big world traveler after cruise ships and everything. And I mean, we have been in some of the most beautiful places in the world, Italy and Greece. And I mean, we lived in Costa Rica and we lived in Mexico for a year and all of these things. But our relationship is built on this couch 
when I'm crying about my weight, you know, and when he's talking to me about how he doesn't love his job, you know, it's, it's built on the way that we're vulnerable with each other. It's built in the way that we take care of each other. That's where love is in the nooks and the crannies. It's not in being perfect, Mm -hmm. but that's what society, you know, tells us is that the better we look, the better we, we, you know, sound or the better we show ourselves, the more love we'll get. And that's actually the opposite of love. You might get respect, but you won't get love because love is in vulnerabilities. And we're going to put that on a pillow. Um, I love it. it. Will, will there be sequins? Yes. Will there be? Okay, good. I was like, it's, it's going to be one of the, the changing yeah, ones the where changing you like right? go up and down. Up and down. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So I'm happy to talk, finish talking about cognitive biases oh, if you guys yeah. want me to. I feel like we went in a circle and it got to where we needed to go. <laughs> yeah, because I think that all of this is all tied in. It right? is, yeah. How we feel about ourselves, how we put ourselves out there, how we, I mean, you know, the best when you're like, how do you show up and be, you know, yourself, just know you don't know this person. Yeah. Yeah. So giving them power that they get to choose you or decide anything about you is ludicrous you don't know them you have no idea what role they're going to play in your life if they're going to play any role mm-hmm. but you want them to like you for who you are not like the version of you that you feel comfortable showing right because once again love is in real life it's not in our head it's not you know like i can't believe how many much of our relationships we spend in here mm-hmm. versus out loud so confirmation bias once again is when we seek out well, that person's only got a boyfriend or girlfriend because they're thin or that person's, you know, like, oh, there's another there's another thing I'm seeing about somebody who's plus size who's also single. Like mm-hmm. when we look for something to confirm when it's just not true. And if mm-hmm. anybody needs a reminder, like I know there's some really good Elizabeth Carbell is actually I love following her. I mean, I try to share stuff, too, but just there's been some hashtags like fat and loved, which I think are just inspiring as fuck in a way that didn't even exist five to 10 years ago. Yeah. And I just want every single, and I have like chills as I say this because I'm on my own journey with this, right? Like I'm on my own journey with this and, and I just, you know, I want everybody know that they can, that they can be loved as is. And, you know, and that most of the time what we believe about ourselves is, is holding us back more than what anybody else believes. Mm -hmm. So that's what confirmation bias is. The second thing that is negativity bias and negativity bias is when we give greater attention or weight to negative information versus positive information, right? Like how many times do you go in uh, into your work and they say 17 wonderful things about what you're doing great. And then they say one thing that you could work on and that's the thing you focus on. Mm -hmm. And you spiral. Right. And then you spiral and it goes in, the, you know, some weird place. And then all of a sudden you're on like Wikipedia. Like, I, who knows? I don't know. Like I have rabbit holes. But the thing is, is that our brains naturally go to the negative. That's because of fear. So there's a part called the reptilian brain or the lizard brain, also called the amygdala. And it's where fear fires and it's quick and it's not thoughtful. Right. Like it's just something here is is bad. So 
our bodies and our, our brains naturally are looking for badness all the time to keep us safe. Cause for many, many thousands of years, we could be killed by like a saber tooth tiger, right? Like mm-hmm. all of those things. Now we're probably not going to be killed by a saber tooth tiger, obviously, but our brain still does that. They even uh, compared the dictionary like, and they gave words negativity and positivity and like 74% of the dictionary are negative words, right? Like that is where our brain goes. Mm. So we have to be aware of it. We have to go, wait, is that actually a truth? Or is that just someplace I automatically go, which is there's another person who doesn't like me. There's another, right? Like, and instead of noticing all the good things are happening or all of the good uh, the good thing, you know, that's why gratitude is so important because we have to put some goodness into our day because our brain n- just automatically goes to the negative. Hmm. And I mean, and how many times do we go on a date just waiting for that person to not like us, right? Or just look for things that might, you know, when you were like, I have all these conversations in my head mm-hmm. so that I don't get hurt as much, right? Like all of that is a bias and it makes us go into situations acting differently and and with a mindset that's probably not that helpful do you think that's also like looking for red flags or seeing them or is that part of it or is that something completely different I mean yes and 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 no I mean because the thing is is that once again I'm just trying to standardize some like information about love and relationships Mm -hmm. and red flags even like one person's red flag might be he's wearing white shoes. That's not an actual <laughs> red flag, people, right? That's not yeah. emotional that's an availability. Ick. That's an ick, right? Yeah. Right? Like that's, but that's not actually going to make or break a relationship, right? Yeah. So it's hard for me to talk about things like red flags because people will be like, well, that was a red flag. And then I'll ask like, what was a red flag? And then it was like ridiculous, right? Or like yeah. nothing that would actually yeah. hurt the relationship. So, so yes, but when we're constantly looking for, the way that react they react to something we say or that maybe that they're looking at us and whenever we're doing that and our brain goes to the well i'm just expecting like i'm catastrophizing that's an, another one that's a thinking trap also like i'm just waiting for this to go bad yeah like and i think that we do that a lot we just wait for somebody to disappoint us we wait for somebody to reject us because that's the that's that's the bias there is like mm-hmm. we're just expecting it to happen but then then comes something called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Are we just creating it again and again and again? Yeah. There is definitely some self-worth about who I had to feel inside my body to be in a in a relationship where I enjoyed sex, I orgasm. I mean, you know, I don't need to deeply go into that, but there's like a, some kind of an acceptance for me to have really good sex because mm-hmm. when you don't know your body or like your body, it's it's really hard to enjoy that part. The third one, which I think is just really important to uh, mention, is actually called the halo effect. And what we what we do in society overall is a lot of times people who come off as either attractive or very pleasant, we just assume things about them. We assume that they're better than they actually are. We maybe meet somebody who is nice and or like funny, and then we're like, oh, but I bet they're also really smart and this and this and this. And what happens is is we build this person up before we actually know the truth, right? Every single person is going to be a mixture of some great things and some in-between things and some not so good things. It just is who we are as humans, right? But the minute that we are putting people on a pedestal, the minute that we're like, oh my God, this person's super attractive. They're not going to like me. 
when we give people too much benefit of the doubt, we are screwing ourselves. We are walking in, we're creating a power struggle, and we're giving them power to to choose or not choose us and, and not choosing ourselves or them in the process. I don't know if that truly made sense, but hopefully that- It did. No, we got there. At least I got there. (laughs) And I just think that that's something that's super important is just understanding that a person could be kind and also not ready for love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A person can be funny and also not ready for a relationship. A person can be a good person and also not a person for a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of times, like somebody will say, somebody said to me recently, like, I think I really like this person. They have a ton of green flags, but they told me on the second date, they're not, they don't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. What should I do? I'm like, you have all the information you're ne- you're, you need. You're just ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Right. So great that they have green flags. Maybe you want to be friends with them, but they're not ready for a relationship. You said you want a relationship. You have all the information you need. Yeah. And if you have true self-worth, self-worth, you'll, you'll listen to yourself and be like, he, he they told us. Right. Told I don't. Me. I don't want to spend time with somebody who doesn't, mm-hmm. who doesn't think I'm awesome. Right. Like that's the kind of minimum, especially when it comes to like partnerships, like what, you know, I don't want to spend time with somebody who isn't sure, you know, like what they're looking for. It's just, we're all a little too grown up for that. And I think we need to stop, you know, treating, treating guys like they're 15 year olds and, and, and kind of expecting them to be that. I think that as we ask people to step up, it's kind of surprising how many actually will, but we kind of justify a lot of shitty behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't think somebody's, I don't, I don't think somebody's mom in like the eighties was like, you know what? We should teach our sons how to do booty calls. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody was like, here's what you do son at 2 AM after you had some drinks you text this lady, you up, and then drop by her house. Like, nobody's moms taught that. That was shit that we said was okay for too long, and now it's normalized in our culture. We have to start saying no to what's not okay and start changing that culture because I, I don't, you know, there's just things that aren't, like I said, like, we've now become part of this online dating world, and, like, that's the only thing, and it's not the only thing, and it's not even that successful. 12%. You really rocked our world with that one. <laughs> I know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my, all my eggs in a basket that had a 12% success rate. Yeah. No. Veto. You guys, your faces. <laughs> You're like, no. Our astrologer did tell me I would meet my person through connections. I just, I mean, it also, thing is, is that I do think women need to help each other out. We all know somebody we don't maybe want to date, a cousin, a brother, a somebody, but that would be great for somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? Like we need to help each other out. And there's just a, 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 like a stamp of approval when, you know, somebody introduces them to us. Like when you meet somebody online, you really literally don't know them at all. And they could be dangerous and they could be just not who they say they are. But I mean, if it's your friend's brother, you're probably going to have a general idea that she's not going to screw you over. I had a friend who quite literally forced all of her friends to set her up on dates and she ended up marrying one of them. And I like literally to her friends was like, please just set me up on a date like one and that's it. That's all I need. And she was just like very focused on meeting people that year and like not finding the one but you know it's like finding someone to have a look because she was like ready and it worked but 
yeah, maybe I need to get some tips from her. We can have her on the podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. But she did it. I mean, it works. Yeah. And I remember thinking she was crazy. See, when I like, I'll ask my friends to set me up and they're like, or if they know anybody and they're like, I don't know anybody. Like, I don't know any <laughs> single people. I'm like, cool. Do you I know think that any- we do know more? I think people are thinking only of their like immediate best friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to think beyond that a little bit. Like, do you have acquaintances? Because yeah. I've even said, like, I would love to do an in-person event where you come with a person that you don't want to date. Not for me, party. I used to throw them. Okay. When I yeah. When I started this business and it's actually a little takeoff on a sex in the city episode yeah 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 where like a red light green light party kind of vibe from like college but I like so many of my friends were like but I wouldn't have anyone to bring and I was like okay what about a guy from your gym right what about your coworker? what about you know what I mean the thing is is that everybody wants to meet new and interesting people especially if you're single I I think that I think that we are in a I'm trying to think of the word but like a really welcoming landscape for this because everybody is sick of online I think that you know we're at like zoom fatigue we've got you know I think that people do want to leave their houses they are willing to at least have awkward conversations with people for a couple hours but I'll tell you guys a quick story so my mom is 80 my dad passed away about four or five years ago now and when he passed away I said to her I'm like do you think you'll date ever again and she's like no I mm-hmm. you know I kind of had to help help take care of your father for the past like how many years right. like I'm not interested in that I was like okay and then after COVID and being in her house by herself for virtually a year she and reading um terrible romantic novels like Harlequin romance shit she like declared to my sister and I like one day she's like I've decided to start dating and I was like I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And she's just like, I've decided to start dating. I've started to tell people that I am looking and I just wanted to let you guys know. And I had a lot of feelings about it because this is clearly what I do for a living. And my Mm -hmm. mom was like 79. Um, And there's a lot of people that I don't really want to see her date kind of in this like later phase of her life. But she literally like told everybody she knew, like her friend that she worked with was like, I think I know somebody. They've now been dating for six months. They're going to Mexico on vacation next month. Like, like she just, I mean, basically she just, it's also a little different of expectations and, you know, he's also, he also just turned 80. So they're just kind of looking for people to, you know, do something in the last chapter of their life. Yeah. But it's amazing because I'm kind of like, my mom just was like, I'm doing this and she did it. Yeah. She She didn't overthink it. She didn't like. Hem and haw. She was like, this is a nice person. I think that we could like, you know, build something nice and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, do we overcomplicate it if my 80 year old mother just like literally like told <laughs> four people in her life and now has is, is dating somebody like, do we maybe overcomplicate this a little bit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> Your mom's proof. I know, I know. And I mean, you know, and she, she, so I just did back to back retreats in Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago. And before I left, she's like, I, she called me and she's like, I have an announcement. And I'm like, okay. Like, and she gets nervous, I think, saying things to me like this and Danny. And she's just like, Norman and I are in love. And I'm like, okay, good to know. She's like, I just thought you should know. And I'm like, all right. That's, that's nice to hear. You know, that's I'm glad. so how my dad would do it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like same age like vibes matter of fact matter of fact <laughs> yeah. this is what's happening i thought i'd keep you in the loop that's yeah that's, that's my mom <laughs> she was a teacher so but i i do think that um i think we overcomplicate it and i think we overthink it and i think it's because we're scared yeah you know but the thing is is that we can be scared but we can also spend years of our lives just overthinking and and sitting in that fear I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I met Danny at 41 and I honestly was just like, I'm probably never going to be with somebody like I just, and, and I had to, there was some things that really, I did some podcasts about it, like that changed my mindset on that. But, you know, I, there is something to be said about like, we, we do think we have an infinite amount of time and, and we can wake up literally years later going, oh my God, how did I, how am I still single? Right. Like, I, I think that that sometimes really happens to a lot of my mm-hmm. clients where all of a sudden they're like 35, 36 or so. And then they're like, oh, God, mm-hmm. when did this happen? Yeah. And I think that dating has to be intentional if we want to do it well. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So how can people find you if they would like to work with you? Uh, so I have a site called Relationship Quotient. So kind of like IQ and EQ. It's your RQ. And I really, at this point, don't do, do a ton of coaching, but do a lot of education on just what love is, the stages of relationships, uh, dating and relationship skills, like how to set boundaries and how to be more emotionally available and pick emotionally available people. Just stuff that I think we should have learned and we didn't. Mm-hmm. You know? Even like how to apologize, how to like fight fair in a way that you can solve it and not, yeah. you know, ev- end every relationship because you get into one fight. Like just things that we kind of wish school or our parents would have taught us and and they just yeah. didn't. So that's what I do. And I have a podcast, a daily podcast Monday through Friday called Reinventing Dating, where I talk about all the things that have to do with dating because I think it's not just dating. I think it's about how we feel about ourselves and, you know, our attachment styles and how we process emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, our mindset. So I think there's a lot more that goes into it and that we can prepare ourselves for than we do. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank and, you. You know, Make sure we'll... you guys go follow her on Instagram too. Thank you, ladies. I can't wait to come back and talk about emotional and physical availability. It's pretty exciting yeah. stuff. I feel like we're going to have We need so to prepare for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like emotionally prepare for it. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like I'm going to find out I'm truly not emotionally available. <laughs> that's what that's what I think is about to happen. I th- I'll just say this. I think that um, especially women and especially uh, anxious attachment style women, we assume because we want a relationship that we're available. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's always yeah. true. Right. Like, I think there's this assumption of I want to date. I want a relationship. I want love. So that means I'm available to it. Mm-hmm. And that's not always true. So I'll just set that up. Yeah. Well, according to the 30s. online quiz, I have a secure attachment style. That's what everybody thinks they are. Um, oh, I know and- I'm anxious. <laughs> yeah. She- but then we did I'm a anxious. quiz and I was secure. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I was like, I- even before. Yeah. I. I- and, and I'm an I'm an anxious attachment. Uh, Danny was a an avoidant attachment, and we create a, a secure attachment. That's yeah. what I I like to make sure that we are aware that certain things we find out of ourselves are just self awareness of mm-hmm. yes. is this going to affect me while I'm dating or not? Right? right. It doesn't. It's not like a 
you know, a name that you have to put on yourself like, uh oh, I can't date. I'm an anxious attachment style. It's like, how does this show up? And how do I make sure that it doesn't ruin things? Yeah. Because mine did many, many times. But that is a different, that's a different, that's a different episode. That'll be next time we have you on. Thanks, ladies. This was great. Thanks. At the end of every episode, we say bye together. Do you want to say bye with us? I would love to. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Follow along with us on Instagram and TikTok at swipe that. And if you're not a part of our private Facebook group, join that too. Just search swipe that podcast. And if you love us, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review.